Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friend. Welcome to episode number 235 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh. And listen, this episode took me right back to my early days of sobriety and thinking about all the things I've learned over the years. In putting this episode together, I was thinking a lot about my light bulb moment when I realized I really had to quit drinking 100%. I had been working all night, bartending all night, and I had to see my probation officer the next morning. I didn't drink all night at work because obviously I knew it was super important to be sober walking into the probation office. I got home at, I don't know, probably 2 a.m., totally sober. And I decided I would just have one beer while I walked my dog. And we got back from our walk and I decided to have one more while I made something to eat and watched a little TV. Next thing I know, I'm drunk, it's 6 a.m., and I had to be at the probation office at 10. I was mortified and completely defeated. And it's these moments that give us a few lessons. Like for me, it was, wow, I really can't control my drinking. But also it brought me one step closer to sobriety. Like it was more self-created drama, right? (laughs) That I had to get through and figure out. And at the end of the day, it was one more lesson in how resilient I am. I mean, it was crazy. I got home totally sober. You guys, all I had to do was go to bed. That's it. All I had to do was go to bed. But having that one drink, and this is the true essence of alcoholism. Once I start drinking, I do not have the ability to control it or stop. Now I controlled it a couple of times, But overall, (laughs) the lesson is once I start, I don't stop. And all of these lessons are necessary to get to your recovery. And my guest today is Bob Pabian, one of my beloved clients, and he's going to share his story about going to rehab twice, doing my six-week program with me twice, and how it has all come together to build a powerful, sober life he loves. He's going to share all about it, how he found his tribe, himself, and a life full of fun and laughter. And I think you'll definitely want to take some of Bob's tips and strategies and use them in your own sober journey. All right, my friend, whether you are at day one in your sobriety or you are an experienced recovery warrior, there's something for you in this episode, including things that Bob has made a priority that made all the hardships and struggles along the way totally worth it. Here's my lovely friend, Bob. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this episode with me. I'm really excited to get into your story and share it with all of our listeners. 
Thank you so much, Angela. This is um, this is amazing being able to do a podcast with you. I've listened to so many over the last uh, few years, so uh, it's an honor. And now you're stuck with me, and you have to listen to me all the time. <laughs> I'm glad to do it. <laughs> Let's start with tell everybody a little bit about how you found the podcast, me, like how our journey started. Wow. Um, I, I believe the, and first getting started, I found your podcast by Googling it, but then found more about Addiction Unlimited, um, everything that it had to offer, the different programs, and kind of evolved into that with a telephone call directly to you, um, six-week program, um, just going through a lot in my life at the time, uh, uh, was in, uh, actually had gone through rehab uh, once and, uh, and decided to go that trip twice. So uh, it's, been, uh, it's been interesting. But a lot of my journey now, as you know, has to do with Addiction Unlimited and our tribe and yeah. the, the, our Zoom meetings, our Facebook group. And it's a huge part of my life right now in my recovery. Yeah, it's so important. I know everybody gets tired of hearing me say it, but that connection is so important. Like we have to be connected to one another. And when I say connected to one another, like what I mean is sober people to sober people, you know, like I have to have people going through in their lives, the same things that I'm going through. So yeah, hugely important. What would you say for you was one of your major aha moments when you realized you really had to quit a hundred percent. You've asked me this question before. And when I decided to turn the corner, I believe in, in, in one of our zoom meetings and, and I, it kind of threw me off guard uh, the first time thought about it a lot. And you know, obviously, I had gone through uh, rehab before. I had done detox. Uh, felt like, hey, I've gone through all of this, and you know what? I can still have a drink. Not the first day I walked out of rehab, but maybe two weeks down the road or three months down the road, it's this doesn't hurt, and it did. Uh, I was right back where I started and even worse. So I believe that my aha moment came when I had not only gone through rehab for a second time, but went through your six-week program a second time. And we worked on not only the tools that were necessary for maintaining sobriety, but honestly, I reached a point the first time in my life where rehab, getting out of rehab and going through recovery started to become fun. Yeah. And, and I started getting emotionally, physically, health-wise, um, Things that really 
added to my life. And for the first time, I reached a point that I was enjoying the recovery more than I ever enjoyed drinking. And I never thought that I would get there. That's Um, the connection. That's why you have to be connected to other people. It has to be enjoyable. Absolutely. And, and I will tell you, and I've, I've thought a lot about this, obviously, but in our Addiction Unlimited tribe, in our Zoom meetings, um, in our Facebook group, I need everybody's feedback, but I also need to give back. And it works both ways. However, in order to get there for me, because I've always been a self-starter, um, I've, I've always worked for myself, and I felt like that I could make decisions on my own. So I had to finally check my ego and say, you know what? I need, I need Angela. I need the other people that, that I talk to at least every week and sometimes multiple times a week. And that is, is really what it's all about. So, and, and I've said this before, it's all about me. I've got to do this on my own. But on the other hand, I can't do it without my tribe and without everybody that I talk to to help me. And when you mention I need like-minded people, I need my fellow addicts, whatever their drug of choice might have been. Mine, it's alcohol. And it always has been about as far back as I can remember. Mm-hmm. So, but those people totally understand where I'm coming from. So we hook up in a Zoom meeting or we're online or we call each other individually or we text message each other because these are my friends. Mm-hmm. These are some of the closest people in my life and they understand things about me. I understand things about them that my own wife can't understand because as we call her, she's a normie and he can pick up a glass of wine and drink half of it. And that's all she'll have. And, um, kind of drives me crazy still. Uh, (laughs) I consider that a waste, you know, why start? But that's why I don't drink anymore, uh, because I continue to go and it's, 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 it's detrimental to those around me that uh, that love me, those around me that rely on me in my business and that work for me. Um, so, you know, I have a lot of responsibility, but, and, you know, I was high functioning and I was mm-hmm. always able to, to still work, to still make money, to still go to the gym in the morning. Um, there were mornings when I certainly didn't feel good. And now looking back, I was only operating on maybe three cylinders, not mm-hmm. eight cylinders. Uh, but when you're in the middle of it, that's not so easy to see. And you can always say, hey, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm going to work every day. Um, I'm, I'm paying my bills. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm functioning. I'm valuable in society. But looking back on it, how, what, 
how how much I fool myself in the process. Absolutely. And you know, the majority of, I would say our tribe really, and just to clarify for the listeners, when Bob's talking about our tribe and the online meetings, he's talking about our sober society member community, because we have online meetings in there every week. And, you know, we all see each other uh, in those meetings. And that's how we really build that connection and camaraderie. But I would say 99% of our tribe, certainly people that do the six-week program with me, are exactly what you said. We are self-starters. We are high-functioning. We are going to work, making money, taking care of the family. You know, that is a very common story. And I think that's why that program is so effective too, because we all functioned in that way, right? And I would consider myself probably the lowest rock bottom out of anybody in our tribe. (laughs) But I was still high functioning too, right? Like I had major, major things happen to me that, you know, were extremely stressful and all that stuff. But for all intents and purposes, I was high functioning. You know, I went to work. I never missed work either. I had a beautiful place to live. I had money. And I think that really is so much of our tribe functions in that way. And, and that's what helps us all support each other so much too. Yeah, I totally agree. And one thing that, that, you know, I got out of, and I still get, and I will continue to get out of my recovery and what's so exciting about it, because I'm, I'm truly excited about my recovery. I wake up every morning. And it's like Christmas morning to me, not a bunch of huge presents, not a new airplane for Christmas, maybe a new shirt for Christmas. It's just a matter of small things that happen to me every day, small things that I plan on. And that's what excites me because it's like adding another brick to the wall on a daily basis. And It's it. It's really when I first really started my recovery, I looked at recovery as a lot of work. And it was it was it was a lot of planning. I did a lot of planning with you. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of planning with my group. And it's like I I when I got out of rehab for the last time. And I hope and pray that was the last time. And I truly believe it's the last time um, that I'm setting up what I'm going to do with my life and really left and and spent four months at my other home by myself. And when I say by myself, I didn't have my wife with me. I had six week program with you i had a lot of a lot of coaching counseling and it was like how are you going to set up your life and what's important to you and what's going to be important to your recovery for me and it still is getting up early in the morning and working out every day seven mm-hmm. days a week um it's journaling it's listening to podcasts it's going into uh thinking about a zoom meeting for the day that i might be having um um, I maybe didn't go the traditional route, and I've been to certainly to AA meetings, but I've done a lot less AA and a lot more in our addiction unlimited group. Mm-hmm. Does that make AA wrong? Absolutely not. If if pouring concrete keeps you sober 
and on a happy path to recovery, you need to pour concrete. Amen to that. <laughs> Whatever works. Um, but the but that path has been just very interesting. And and you know, I, at first setting it up was a lot of work. Now it's so automatic. And you know, I had my recovery wheel, and it's like. How much time do I spend in relationships from one to 10 outside of the spoke? Is it one? Is it five? And the same thing for working out, the same thing for spiritual, the same thing. And you can go on around to the wellness part of your life because that's what recovery is. It's yeah. wellness. Yeah. And you know, we, we get into our Zoom groups and people go, Oh, what do you, do you talk about drinking? Do you talk about, you know, primarily drinking and all that? Not really. Um, Recovery is life. That's right. Yeah. It's really living life. And so we talk about life. Now, it may be someone getting a divorce, or it may be someone losing a job, or getting a new job, or sharing just any issues or any challenges that they may be having in their life at the moment. And it's back and forth, but we again understand each other. Yeah. And other people can't understand that. So we support one another. And that's so necessary in my, in anybody's recovery. Yes. I don't think you can reinvent that wheel. Yeah, it's, for it's sure. Definitely part part of what's what we have to have uh to be successful in our recovery. And you know, we throw around the term a a dry drunk. And I have been, and and I don't know that I've really been in, in an addiction unlimited meeting, but I have been in meetings where there have been individuals that are absolutely miserable in that group. You can just tell because they haven't, they're sober, but they have not grasped the recovery part of that. And it's sad and you just want to shake them and say, but you can't do that because right. they have, they, you know, you can give them suggestions. You can say what's worked for me, but what's worked for me, that not necessarily has worked for you right. and, and vice versa. But we all get that. I think when we talk to each other and we share um, our trials, our tribulations and our joys and, and the, the best part of it. One of the best parts of it is is that we can laugh about a lot of this. That yes. we don't have to be just, oh my goodness, I drank and I wasted this part of my life drinking. And no, we have certainly spent our time laughing at the stupid things we did because they were, and we live to share it and tell about it. Thank goodness. Uh, you know, I never went through some of the DUIs, some of the accidents that I could have had. I could have hurt other people because I did. I, I got behind the wheel of a car more than one time when I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness that, you know, that didn't lead to something a lot worse. It didn't in my case, but it, it would have right. had yeah. I continued. It would have give, given time. Uh, so I think that that we need to look at look at where we've been and we can now take it with a grain of salt and we can say, you know what? Yeah, I did this. 
but there are a lot of people out, and we've discussed this. Everybody, I think, needs recovery, whether they've never picked up a drink, whether they've never done a drug, that recovery is a good thing. And and we all need it in one way or another. It doesn't necessarily have to be about a particular um, addiction. Um, it's, again, about life and about getting that balance, I think, in our lives and really feeling like we're giving back. And, and it is just growing up. I mean, largely recovery is growing up and gaining emotional maturity, right? Because with that comes self-awareness, becoming a better listener, becoming a better communicator, shifting your perspective, coming out of some of that selfishness. So it really essentially is a growing up process. And I so agree with you that everybody needs recovery. And I remember thinking that in my very beginning too, like I almost felt bad for people that didn't go to AA. I was like, oh my gosh, like look at what they're missing out on, you know, because I got so much from it every day. Like I loved every piece of myself that I was learning and getting the opportunity to make better. And I was like, gosh, I feel so sorry for all the people in the world that don't have a program, you know, because I get to have a new lease on life and all the rest of these people out there are just flailing in the world, not doing anything, being unhappy and miserable, you know? Absolutely. And it's almost like getting up in the morning and, and jumping on the hamster wheel for a lot of people. Yeah. That simply don't have anything to look forward to. I look forward to Zoom meetings that we have with our group. Um, and now, not only becoming friends, but people actually coming to visit me mm -hmm. and taking a vacation. And when they show up, it's like, I know you, only it's mm -hmm. even closer because meeting face-to-face -face is, is even even a, a, a better joy than doing it on, on videos and just talking back and forth. Uh, yeah. That and that's, that's a whole other piece of, especially like our six week program too, is so many of us now that coronavirus has let up, you know, so many of us are getting to travel and meet in person, which is incredible because we've spent these last two and a half, three years building these relationships with each other online. And we do know each other really well. I mean, I consider our Sober Society VIP group. I mean, this is like, you guys are my extended family, you know, like we've spent a lot of time together and to finally have the opportunity to, to get out. And, you know, people have come to Kansas city and have my, you know, I did kind of an honorary 50th birthday party and, you know, several people came in for that, which was incredible. And to get to hug people and really solidify that connection is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really, you know, can relate to the part about, about being friends because I've shared things with people, you know, in, in our group that I never thought that I would share. And now I'm at a point in my recovery, and, and I believe that you do need to get that year, and you recently did a podcast about how important that first year is. Yeah. In terms of, and it's so AA true when it says don't get into any new relationships, don't, you know, it's the don'ts because 
you need to focus on yourself and yeah. you need to to craft what is going to carry you forward as you grow in recovery and recovery is it's growth and yeah. the other good thing about recovery i'll never be fully recovered which is a yeah. great thing to me it means that i have more to look forward to where I'm going to be every day, every month, every year. I'm a little bit further along in terms of, of the friends I make, uh, the people that I can actually reach out and touch, and the people that can reach out and touch me. And so I think that, that that's, that's something else that people can kind of lose track of is that in recovery, there's change also. And what I did when I first started recovery and what I'm doing, you know, today. Um, well, you know, it's like I always think of it like because business is the same way. And I know you're a business person as well. But, you know, it's like what you do in your business in year one is very different from what you're doing in your business in year three. Right. And when you think about it in quarters and revenue and things like that. It's like what you do to get to one place is not going to be the same thing you do to get to the next place. And recovery is exactly the same way. The things that I had to do in my first 90 days were different than what I had to do to get to one year, right? Or get beyond one year. It does, it's always evolving and changing because we evolve and change and grow in our lives. So we have to, that journey has to be flexible to grow with us. Absolutely. And look, looking at it and trying to think back sometimes is difficult um, I had mentioned that I had the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to revisit the rehab where I spent uh, 30 days. Uh, that's been two years ago, roughly, um, that uh, and go and speak to uh, the group of current column residents. Clients. <laughs> clients, whatever you want to call them. Um, and it was really a lot of fun being there with them. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It brought back a lot of memories. And it's great to have a mix of people that have been in recovery for a period of time. And for some people, it can be 20 years. For some people, it can be three days. But everybody can learn from everybody else. And I found it um, uh, a growth situation for me being with them. It was interesting also because they tend to be where I was. And mm -hmm. that's a, a little more quiet, not really wanting to talk a whole lot about where they are or why they're there, because frankly, they haven't processed it. That's right. That's right. And I can say this too, when people book a call with me, just like you did, right? And I think people don't understand when you book a call with me, it really is with me. So <laughs> I am really the person that calls you. <laughs> and it's fascinating to me in those very first conversations, because one thing I'll tell you, people are 
unpredictable, right? Like our behavior and responses and things are going to be unpredictable, but addiction is extremely predictable. It behaves the same way in everyone. It is a very simple thing in how it works and what it does and how it affects people. And in those first conversations with people, almost everybody downplays their drinking, right? Because they're still in that rationalizing and justifying what they're doing and kind of letting themselves off the hook. But I think it's exactly what you're saying. You haven't really processed it yet. And it's so fascinating for me on the professional side to have those first conversations. And then when you get to week four, five, six with somebody or in our VIP meetings, two, three, four months down the road, when people do come to the place that they understand what they were really doing and how they, how much they were really drinking, it just becomes so much more clear in hindsight, right? I mean, hindsight's always 2020, but yeah, it's just fascinating. And I think that's exactly it, that you're just not able to process it yet in the beginning. And, and you touched on this a little earlier too, in your own process where, you know, you didn't realize that you were only operating on three cylinders instead of eight. And it takes a while to start to connect those dots and go, oh, wow, this really did kind of consume my life. Like, wow, I did think about it more than I thought, or I was recovering from it more than I thought, or I was drinking more than I thought. Like, but it just takes a little while to get there and to be able to connect those dots. Exactly. And it's not only uh, physiological, it's psychological, and you don't realize how much time, A, you spent thinking about when you could have your next drink, and B, how much time you spent doing that when you were drinking, either by yourself at home or with a group of people at your favorite pub or whatever that might be. And you think, you know, for me anyway, I can look at the time that I wasted doing that and I'm sorry for it. But on the other hand, I'm thankful that it got me to the point where I am today. So I can be negative and say, boy, did I waste that part of my life. But on the other hand, I can be positive and that I, I would never be at this place in recovery where I am in terms of peace in my life and how happy I am right now mm-hmm. compared to where I was. Uh, it's It's been quite a process uh, going, going through all of that. Um, it does. It takes all the bad stuff to even appreciate the good stuff. You know, and for me, like I can look back and I, I really had three phases, right? I was either planning drinking, drinking or recovering from drinking. (laughs) That was pretty much my life. I was in one of those places and yeah, it's challenging, but I, again, I was kind of the same way. You know, I didn't realize for a long time how much of my energy it really took, you know, until I could step away from it and, and have a more objective view and have a clear head, right? Then I could sit back and go, wow, okay, this was really taking over my life in a big, big way. What was something for you that you were fearful of with recovery? You know, when you were thinking about, I have to quit drinking, I know you said you looked at recovery 
as hard work, but was there something that really held you back? Like many of us talk about, for me, I was afraid I wouldn't be funny anymore. For many people, they're afraid they won't have fun anymore. Did you have any of those things that really kind of held you back and made you hang on to it a little longer? I think the social aspect of drinking definitely had an impact on me. The idea of, of how much fun I thought I was having rubbed me the wrong way to walk away from it. It's mm-hmm. like, what am I, am I going to have any friends left? Mm-hmm. I mean, the people that I was hanging out with, aside from when I was working or doing business, when I was really thinking that I was having fun, they were sitting at some bar telling the same sad stories, the same jokes, the same woe is me. And I was hung right in the middle of it. But I didn't have the clarity of mind to really notice that. A lot of people around me did, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. So, and this gets back to when you're first, say, if, if you're in recovery, if you had to do recovery, some people don't go to a rehab facility. And this came up in a meeting the other night with someone that was new in our group. And she said, I'm really concerned about whether or not I need to go to rehab. Well, that I was actually, and this is another thing that I never thought I would be doing is that it was, it was, I'm doing a meeting now every week Mm -hmm. that I'm hosting. So I was the host of the meeting that night. I think I was the host of the meeting, but I ended up being the host of the meeting because if I wasn't, the host ended up having our meetings are an hour. Basically, they go a little longer. That's fine. But they're an hour for those that don't know. (laughs) And this meeting, everybody had to end up clicking off. and, And I ended up spending two and a half hours in that meeting with this person. But we were one on one. And. Two of the people on our meeting said we never had to spend a dime in rehab. That's my story. Yeah, I never went to rehab. I went to AA. You know, they ask you to throw a dollar in the basket. Sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. But yeah, I never, I didn't spend a dime to get sober. Right. And you got everything and learned everything and then some probably that I spent a small fortune for because I didn't have insurance that would cover it to go through rehab twice. I always call mm-hmm. myself a slow learner. And um, but, I call that a double winner. <laughs> well, now it is. Uh, at the time, I'm not sure I felt that way. But today, <laughs> yes, I can agree with you. And it was... Um, it was interesting in, in in processing it with this individual and telling her that and everybody's saying, no, you don't have to do that. And, and you know, it's it's this is what you can go through. Or this is what you could do. What works for you? And again, this is the other thing that I get from from our tribe or being in Addiction Unlimited is it's truly unconditional love from everybody. Yeah. I get so much love in the group. Total understanding. Nobody, I've never been criticized by anybody, nor have I criticized anybody, because there's nothing that I probably haven't done 
mm-hmm. or somebody else in on, in our group hasn't done. Or I've that, done worse, Bob. Let me tell you, oh, I've done worse. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I bet I've done worse than you. <laughs> At least in some areas. You know, but I love all- that. I love that you say that too, though, because that's such an important thing to talk about. You know, a lot of people will come in and they're nervous to talk, just like people are nervous to go to a meeting. And it's like, listen, we all are like, it's okay. We were all super nervous to talk the first time. We were all super nervous to go to our first meeting. Like everybody in that room has felt exactly what you're feeling. And I, one of the things that I really love about our groups is that we're not AA or anything. We're not program oriented. We are just a, an informal, fun place to learn about and talk about recovery and how to do it better and how to get through this thing and how to be connected. And it is all about love because I'm all about love. I don't want, there's no meanness. There's no criticism. Like we do not F around with that drama. There are no trolls, right? Like you come in and it is about love and support, period. Absolutely. And, you know, people are going to think that that I've been paid to do this podcast <laughs> with you today because I'm, I fly the Angela Pugh banner. <laughs> but I've said this to other people and I've said this to you. Honestly, you saved my life. I oh. can say that with all sincerity. And you did it not by just holding my hand and being nice to me. There had to be some tough times. And some honesty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to put on your big boy and big girl pants when you do this. But what shows, and, and it's the truth, is the love that I got from you, mm-hmm. the support I got from you. I've gotten it from a lot of other people in our uh, Addiction Unlimited tribe. But it, it's the truth. And boy, that carries you a long way. Yeah. The other part of it for me is that I feel like the worst thing I could ever do in my life again is drink, not only because it would hurt me or it would hurt, say, my wife, who's very close to me, but I would, I think, dig a hole and crawl in it if I disappointed the people in my Addiction Unlimited tribe. It would just kill me. Now, does that mean that there aren't people that are in recovery or that are are sober for 15 years? I mean, you can tell stories better than I can, Mm. Angela, and we've all heard them, where something happens and and it just some somebody will pick up that drink again or 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 whatever drug it may be and it's very sad when they do it do you know what when they do personally i would just it would kill me personally to do it but yet there are other people that yes they they do i call it slipping on the banana peel and sometimes you know they can go longer than other times but after a period at least if it happens you recognize that immediately mm-hmm. and hopefully put a stop to it immediately. For some people, they say, oh, I'm back at day one. Maybe, maybe that's the way that that they would have to look at it. 
if it ever does. And, and God, I hope it never happens to me. Um, I don't know what that trigger would be. Um, and I know most of my triggers now. And we learn all of this from each other. And we learn it from, you know, time goes by. And that's certainly one of the things that we work on at first when we're sober. Mm-hmm. Or all of those triggers and what to stay away from. And when that happens, how do we deal with that emotionally? Because that's a negative emotion. And the way that we were used to dealing with it, I was used to dealing with it, was to pick up a drink and just hide it. Just drink through it, which obviously is no solution. It's the problems there the next day, only you're hungover with the problem. Mm-hmm. It's no way. It's no way to really solve anything. Took me a while to get through that and to learn that. But it's so much more fun taking a challenge and dissecting it, uh, working my way through it. Yeah. And boy, the way you feel when you come out on the other end of it. Yeah. And it's like small things, stupid things, like like. You know, um, and when I say stupid things, part of, uh, you know, setting up video cameras, say, at, at my house rather than hiring someone to do it. It's fun. I read through all right. of that stuff. Right. But also enjoying just the small things in life, like sitting out by the swimming pool in the morning, drinking a cup of coffee, watching my 11 pound dog barking out the screen door if somebody walks through, protecting her territory and chasing lizards around. And I can sit there and watch that dog for 30 minutes and laugh at her and relax and do nothing but think about how lucky I am to be able to take that chunk of, of life and, and really get a kick out of it and laugh at it where that would have been unthinkable a few years ago. Right. Right. It just, it just wouldn't have been part of my life. So last question, what would you say to somebody who is just starting today? Be patient. Allow your body physically to adjust and We've all talked about pause and how long it can take. You know, your, your, your mind has been so numbed and your body has to go through so many changes physically when you take that alcohol away from it that it can take not just two weeks. It can take nine months. But it yeah. takes your body a while to adjust. So be patient with it. And the third thing that I would tell them is it's not about not drinking. Yes, it's all about not drinking, but it's really about recovery. But you can't have recovery if you're drinking. So it so and it's what I said to the group that I was with the other day that we're still, you know, in the not drinking phase. It's it's so important because this is where I messed up is that the is to have a recovery program that's meaningful to you and make sure that you stay in contact with other people that are addicted, that are in recovery because they're going to support you and you're going to support them. Hugely important. Yeah. Uh, You know, without that, I would have never made it. And, and I think that if we, 
focus on the recovery part of it and getting started in recovery that all of a sudden it's not picking up a drink that's part of our life. It's the recovery. It becomes natural. It's just part of what we do when we wake up in the morning. Yeah. And again, it's, and I've said it, it's living. It's nothing unique or special about it. It's really living uh, a happy, uh, fulfilled life that, that I'm excited about. And everybody should be excited about it. And I can't contain myself. <laughs> I tend to be a little demonstrative, I know. But it's, I think that in one way or another, everybody, we, it's just, it's fantastic. So that's what I would tell anyone first getting into it is, and give, you know, give yourself some grace too. Mm-hmm. Look, you didn't get, you didn't get here. It took me years and years to get where I got to. And I don't expect for instant gratification and success. And that's the other thing we want as addicts, instant gratification. It's happened that way. We, we need to take time and grow with it and enjoy the process. The process is the fun part. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for coming on again and for being so honest about your journey. I just love bringing our six-week people on for sure because I think people don't understand like when you're out there in the world and you're thinking about getting sober and the stress and the pressure of thinking about getting sober and what does that look like and how is it going to affect my life, it's easy to overlook all of the great things that come with that too. Like, are there challenges? Yeah, of course. But you know what? You have plenty of challenges when you're not in recovery too. Like life is challenging. There will be challenges. It has nothing to do with sobriety. You know, it's just the nature of life. So yeah, I like to share that, that you have to think about the good things that will come from that also. And don't forget about that stuff. And also you mentioned pause. And I just wanted to say for everybody out there listening, that's post-acute withdrawal syndrome uh, or symptoms. You see it different in different places. And I did a whole episode about that too. And I will link it in the show notes. If you want to learn more about post-acute withdrawal and what that looks like and what it's all about, I will link that in the show notes. And if you want to book a call with me, I will link that in the show notes as well. Bob, thank you again so much. I love your story. Thank you for being such an incredible part of our Sober Society membership. Um, what an absolute blessing you've been to our community. Well, and thank you, Angela. I mean, it it goes both ways. You and everyone in the entire community have been a blessing to me. So thank you. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.